Make sure you check out our online store where we work with our graphic designer to create stunning garment and product designs that feature a wide variety of aircraft types such as British fighters, World War II aircraft, American bombers, Russian fighters and much more. You can pick your favourite designs and personalise any items within our Redbubble store that range from clothing right the way through to stationery. All of our designs feature our logo so you can show your support for the channel while getting a quality product. You can head to our website aircrewinterview.tv and click store or go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash AC interview. Thank you and enjoy. So Duke, when did you first become interested in aviation? Well, I think it was the first memory I have of aircraft is from when I was like 10 or something. Uh, I had a friend that was really into drawing aircraft, and he drew uh, a lot of Vigans from just uh, the silhouettes oh. from the side for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, it's <laughs> a very old memory. So, and I, I, I suck at a lot of things, but I, I suck extra much at drawing. But so I don't know why I drew at all. But I drew a lot of aircraft at the time, so I knew how the Vigan looked like. So, and I think I, that always made me when I saw a, a Vigan fly overhead, which they did occasionally in Sweden. I kind of, oh, wow, that's that's an aircraft, and that's cool. It sounds cool and everything. Yeah. But then, yeah, I didn't, uh, didn't think much about it until I was a conscript uh, in the Army. And then uh, it was kind of, what, yeah, I've always been interested in being a fighter pilot maybe and probably just want to see, can I be a fighter pilot? I mean, you know, can I do all the tests? And there was a lot of rumors going around uh in in um, when you were a conscript well you have to be like uh, einstein and you have to be uh you know fit like uh, an olympic uh, runner and everything but it, of course it wasn't like that but so i wanted to try so when i came there i didn't know much about the air force at all but i did the test and i got in so yeah that's it so yeah so what year did you actually join the air force I joined the Air Force in '95 in the mid uh, middle of '95, I think it was uh, September or something. Mm-hmm. And then it was a couple of months uh, that we did with uh, with all parts of the Air Force, uh, the technicians and everything. And then in January '96, I started flying. Awesome. So let's talk talk about some of the aircraft you started training on, which I think is is it the SK60? Was that like you went yeah. straight to jets, didn't you? Yes, we in Sweden we go straight to jets. A couple, maybe 10, 15 years before that, we had a, a, a period we started with uh, propellers. But then, uh, since the the mid eighties, I think we went straight to the jets. And the SK six, as you said, it's called the Saab one hundred five as well. It's a really right. old aircraft. Uh, I think it was uh, built in the late sixties or something, uh, or at least it was. Uh, that, that's when it was drawn. So, what would you like to fly? Well, it's a straight-wing aircraft, so uh, it's it cuts very well through the air. Uh, it has, at least when I started, the engines were well. They kind of made a lot of noise, but they didn't make <laughs> a lot of power. So, so uh, it was, and they had a terrible lag. It was like when you um, try to to uh, get some power, it took a couple of seconds before you actually got it. So, oh wow, that, okay. yeah, so that was, it was really hard to fly. You know. Uh, really close formation with it because you have to almost be psychic you have to know what the other guys is, are going to do before before they do it so that was was quite special about that aircraft and of course it's really old so it's just uh, you know analog gauges 
So, yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so what kind of training would you be flying uh, in the SK-60? Is it formation or are you uh, practicing air-to-air, air-to-ground at this time? Well, the, the the basic training was two years, you can say. Uh, the first year is more basic training. You, you learn how to fly the aircraft. First couple, maybe 25 sorties or so, you, you basically learn how to land and start. Uh, after 25 hours, I think it was, then you can fly for yourself. It's a side-by-side aircraft, so if the first 25, you had your, a teacher next to you. Mm-hmm. And then you had approximately every second sortie you, had, you did with a with a teacher on the right and the the other sorties you did on your on yourself then by yourself so the first year was about that you had some uh, uh, close formation flying uh, in the first year and uh, well basically learn how to handle the aircraft in all situations and then the second year was the tactical part uh, the first uh, half of that year was uh, in the uh, the southern part of Sweden, then we moved to the middle part of Sweden to Uppsala wing oh. and did uh, advanced uh, tactical training. And then we did, uh, you know, uh, BFM, basic fighter maneuvering uh, uh, and the and, uh, ACM uh, up to two versus two. Wow. And yeah, in that uh, aircraft. And it was just totally manual. So you have to basically have many eyes uh, looking at all the aircraft and uh, have to keep every aircraft track it somewhere in the back of your head <laughs> but but we did uh, everything so that's just the fighter part of it but we did uh, recce flying as well you know uh, okay. real low level 30 meters uh, on the low level and uh, some uh, i remember one type of recce mission that was kind of fun to fly you you, you flew over roads so back and forth over the road and try to follow the road and uh, uh, yeah just uh, see count for instance how many red cars are there on this road and you have to fly on 30 meters back and forth (laughs) kind of crazy but it was good fun awesome fun i'm sure but uh, yeah so how long did you spend on the type before you got posted onto your frontline aircraft Uh, it was two years on the sk60 and then uh, after that it was actually on the the f16 what f16 means uh the the 16 wing in Sweden, not the aircraft F16, but it was on the same wing uh, in, in Uppsala that you just uh, moved a couple hundred meters to the to the to the Viggen. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the the Viggen here, Duke. Obviously, it's an absolutely magnificent aircraft. But uh, after your training, what aircraft did you want to go on to? Was it the Viggen? Yeah, well, at, at the time it, we had the drag uh, the Draken. Uh, maybe it's called the Dragon uh, in English. But that's what it means in yeah. Swedish. Uh, the Dragon. So, so that was kind of the old aircraft, and the Viggen was the new aircraft, especially the fighter Viggen, which was a new version of the Viggen that came out uh, just maybe 10 years before that. So that was the most modern uh, aircraft we had in, in Sweden at the time. So, of course, I wanted to fly the most modern version. And, and uh, at the beginning in flight school, I kind of wanted to, you know, uh, blow up stuff uh, so i wanted to go to to uh, you know the strike uh, strike begin but then the other guys explained to me uh, and thankfully put me straight so so uh, i actually wanted to go into the fighter vegan instead so. absolutely so what were your first thoughts in the vegan like when you got up close like it must have been like wow this is amazing 
Yes, it's very powerful. It's, it's got that posture that is quite powerful, uh, and it's made out of steel, of course, uh, which is which is good. Steel is uh, it's a it's a good uh, material. So uh, it was kind of um, yeah powerful. And it's had the massive engine is also something that uh, it looks even mass more massive maybe than it is because it has the big re- reversing thing yeah. in the back, so it can actually close some lids and and turn the jet stream forward. So that kind of makes it a, a big part, and, and I think that single thing just weights one ton, so a, a thousand wow. kilos, just that thing. So, so it's, it's really, uh, really that's a, a, a thing that really stands out with the Vigan. Yeah. So let's get uh, let's talk about your ground training on the aircraft. What was it like, and did you have simulators at the time? We had simulators, and it was they were quite good. They were even moving simulators, but we kind of turn usually turn that moving thing off because it made you mostly uh, uh, kind of uh, sick. So it was good, good fun to try a couple of times, but you, you still want the feedback uh, from how much G's you you pull. So you you, you still connect your G suit to the, the simulator, so you, you get the pressure in the G suit. So that that's how you know how many G's you're pulling. And that's that's enough. And it, the simulator was really good. It felt like almost like flying without the acceleration. Yeah. And yeah, did the SK sixty like prepare you well to go into to like you know like a magnificent aircraft like the Vigan, or like was it like underwhelming coming from the SK seven uh, SK sixty sorry uh, to the Vigan? Now it was kind of a, a leap forward when it comes to to being more modern. The the SK sixty so. Well, it's ancient, and it's really you have to do everything by hand. Uh, it, it doesn't have, a, it didn't at the time at least, didn't have GPS or anything. So you have to have your map, holding your map, uh, following trailing with your thumb. Uh, but the 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 fighter vegan ha- had a, a electronic map, so that kind of made everything really really simple. Now you know always where you are. It wasn't GPS, but it had an internal uh, yeah. system that basically knew where it was. So obviously, like, yeah, the Vigan was in many roles, but like, what was the role of the Vigan that you were going on to? Was it just basically air to air? That was after air. It's called the JA, uh, which means the J stands for fighter in, in Sweden and A stands for strike. But the, the A should be very, very small in that uh, JA-37, which is the designation. So it was a fighter, uh, fighter aircraft for sure. Mm-hmm. There were other versions. Uh, you had a strike version and you had a recce version as well. So we, at the time, we had three versions of the Vigan and they d- did their parts, so to say. Mm-hmm. So now it was uh, purely air trail, especially in our squadron. We kind of prouded ourselves to be a lot, almost exclusively air trail. Yeah, is it the sport of kings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Previously on the SK-60, everything was kind of theoretical because, well, you... you, you you were taught to to basic fighter maneuvers or, or do recce and and all that, but now you came to a real squadron that had a real mission. And at the time, the the bad guys came from east, so uh, and we kind of practiced. Uh, I wouldn't say against, but we practiced uh, against the scenario that we thought was most likely uh, likely to happen, and that was the coming a lot of our aircraft from east. And we most of the times we just tried to practice how to shoot down as many as their aircraft as possible. Yeah. So how did the aircraft handle and what were its strengths and weaknesses? 
it handled surprisingly well. It was really easy to fly. It wasn't carefree maneuverings, but yeah. it had a really good sound feedback system. So you knew how how much uh, angle of attack you you had, and you also knew how many Gs you had with different tones and different uh, frequencies, basically. And you had a knife in your uh, in your uh, stick as well. That if you if you try to take too much, you kind of uh, it slammed you in the in your hand. So you kind of wow. instinctive instinctively uh, just moved the uh, joystick forward. So it was, and it felt a lot lighter than it was, than it looked. Yeah, because it, l- it looked like a big beast, didn't it? Like when I've seen uh, Nair shows, like, you know, n- numerous times, and it looked like a heavy beast. Yeah, it, it, it is a heavy beast. It was, I, I should say, it's really easy to handle. I mean, it, it followed you really well, but at the time, it, all, it also is a very big break. So that's what you have. You have you're holding a big handbrake, basically. So it was really powerful. It accelerated forward really well if you had low al- angle of attack. But yeah. as, as soon as you tried to pull some Gs, it basically it, it, it stopped in the air. Which is mm-hmm. kind of you, you can do that, uh, uh, use that to do, to your advantage as well. Trying to, when you're trying to get behind someone and break really fast, <laughs> you, you could actually do a split S and get out on the bottom side with lower speed. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the cockpit. What was that environment like for you as a pilot? Was it a comfortable cockpit? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, it had still, I mean, at the time, it was, uh, I mean, drawn in the mid-80s or so. So it has a lot, had a lot of analog gauges. Uh, but it had a, a big, I think it was 8 by 6 inch uh, screen. It was oh, vector-based okay. and just one uh, color. But, I mean, it showed all the important stuff. And we ha- also had uh, a fighter link on that one, a 4 by uh, four fighter link. So, and it was really fast. So you could see all your other aircraft in your group. And it took maybe a second or so. So you can see when they're turning and what they have locked on and uh, so on so on. And then you also could get from the fighter controller. They could send you a lot of information who you're going to uh, go and, and uh, uh, launch against and everything. So it had a really good system, well uh, well thought through system. Yeah, that seems quite advanced for the, I'm guessing, because I think you were, was it 95 you went on to the Biggin? That seems to yeah. be quite advanced for that time. Oh yeah, we were way ahead when it came to links at the time. And that was, uh, I don't think, maybe they had Link 16 at the time, but it, was definitely not as fast not not even now i think it's was uh, link 16 is as fast as our fighter link was at the time yeah so what was your first uh frontline squadron and where were you based that, that was my first uh, uh frontline squadron the f-16 wing in Uppsala. so i kind of was supposed to just do the conversion training to the vegan there but uh, and and then go north into sweden uh, right. to astesund but then they asked us if we could, well, humbly, can you th- rethink your decision and uh, stay in the Uppsala wing instead? And I was late 20s and uh, staying close to Stockholm was kind of like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I can stay. <laughs> I can stay. I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. What, so what kind of uh, weapons or munitions uh, on your squadron could the Viggen uh, carry at the time? Uh, it could. Uh, a later version... The, not when I started, this just could uh, have this. Uh, I think it's called the Sky Flash. Uh, my jogging my old memories here, but it was a, a an air to air missile. It was short range, I, I guess, with today's uh, 
uh, distances. Uh, but it was okay at the time. But but we were massively un, underpowered when it compared to the the flankers on the east east side. So we basically had to be maybe three against one flanker in order to uh, to take them on. But in a later version of the the fight of weekend, we got the AMRAM. So then it was kind of even uh, even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're going to get onto this uh, here, Duke, because it's one of our uh, viewers' favourite questions. How did the Vigan fare in DACT ACM against the types of the time? Well, I, I'm for, I, I wish I really could answer that. But at the time, in Sweden was really kind of, I, I would say, isolated because we we were uh, without any... Uh, we were not part of NATO, and uh, so so, and we kind of kept to ourselves. Right. So we didn't have a lot of uh, 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 backed uh, exercises at the time. And I, I, with a Viggen, I haven't flown against flown against uh, any other aircraft. Though I have flown against the Gripen because uh, the later part of my Viggen experience overlapped with uh, Sweden having the Gripen. Yeah. And the Gripen is kind of similar to the F sixteen, and I I can say that. Unfortunately, uh, the Vigan versus the Gripen, though the Vigan didn't stand much of a chance when it oh. comes to at least when it came to no, at yeah. least when it came to uh, to the the BFM the, the or the ACM. We, we did have one thing though because we still had the the fighter link, the four by uh, yeah. four uh, fighter link for the group, which the first uh, versions of the Gripen didn't have. <laughs> So th that was kind of uh, uh, an advantage we had. We could actually uh, be better at BVR beyond visual range combat, especially yeah. uh, with the aircraft that didn't have the the fighter link at the start. The 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 Vigan pilots at the time was of course were, were of course a lot better than the Gripen pilots. So even though they had a better aircraft, we could sometimes win against them because we just were better pilots. We thought, or so does every fighter pilot think. I think absolutely. <laughs> And I forgot to uh, show you this. Uh, when I was in Sweden, this like this is off like script here, uh, Duke. Yeah. But I got given this uh, when I interviewed the pilot. And uh, if you can see that bit, like, is that silver? Yeah. Does that mean a thousand hours? I can't remember. Like, but you, I, you I think uh, I think that's uh, uh, less than thousand hours. It's gold when you come over thousand hours. Oh, I think. right. Okay. It's golden. Right. Yeah. That patch is for. Uh, uh, the, we had a different patch for the fighter vegan. It looks almost the same, but it's a, some lines are just a little bit different. So that was the general vegan uh, patch, and then we had a fighter vegan patch as well. Yeah, and I've noticed like um, same with like, um, you know like um, uh, vegan pilots, gripping pilots. They seem to wear it that way. Is that correct? Down. Yeah, I, I, I wore it that way. Why is that? Just like like on a side note here. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I guess someone started wearing it like that, and <laughs> so that, of... was a, that was just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, how often would you fly Navigan each week? Uh, we had approximately 140 hours per year, and right. the the story was. Uh, we we have a, had a big advantage because we were really close to our exercise area. So basically, oh, okay. five minutes after takeoff, it was fight on, and then we could fight and, and then just go home. So we had a lot of uh, meat, so to say, in, in the exercise. So, but about 140 hours, uh, at least in the in the late 90s, and then well, the flying time uh, unfortunately, unfortunately was reduced uh, over the years because of money problems and so on. Of course, yeah. But then the all sorties were about. I think the 
average sorted time is 45 minutes. So I, I guess that translates to about 200 sorties per year. And so it felt like you flew one or two sorties per day, uh, basically. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And next question, you probably have like so many stories here, uh, Duke, but uh, can you share a, maybe a memorable story that sticks out in your mind uh, flying the Viggen? Yeah, I think uh, the one that I usually come to think about is the the flight where we're out in the in the sea uh, east of uh, Sweden, and we've actually did some. I think it was ACM, and I, I got for some reason I got a a bit of maybe twenty thirty percent uh, extra fuel left. So I thought, and the other guys were going home, and I stayed a little bit, and well. It was, this was getting boring so well <laughs> i'll try to uh, see what kind of speed i can get up, get up into because uh, for the sorry i i was allowed to go supersonic oh, wow. so well let's try that and uh, so i full afterburner and and it was just accelerating like crazy and uh, some some aircraft they were a bit different but this aircraft was maybe just been in for service or something because the mac just kept on uh, coming and i was like well, this is fast, and it was 1.5, 1.6, and I kind of got, I think, a little bit, you know, focused on the on the the Mac meter because suddenly I, I find myself almost over the Stockholm archipelago. Wow! And it was like I think it was 1.86 or something, and I like, wow, this is uh, uh, now I really have to. I'm really moving, and this is uh, even though I was uh, above uh, ten thousand meters or thirty thousand feet, I could kind of make a big uh, mm. bang. So uh, <laughs> exactly, and and so so I started braking, and and at the time you you can't pull too many G's because it was kind of limited because of uh, when you go really high supersonic with the rigging, it was kind of limited uh, because of you know powers to the ailerons. So I, I didn't get my speed down. Uh, as I was had planned to, so I was kind of way too fast in over land, uh, uh, and I thought when I was when I was uh, landing, I thought, well, I'm gonna You're get at least fired. <laughs> if I'm not going to jail, that would be good because I've probably <laughs> broken every window, you know, in the in Swedish archipelago. Yeah, and so I went in, and I kind of like a you know uh, like a dog crawled into a, a corner or something. I felt like ashamed. And not a one, not one single phone call. Really? Which was like, yeah, I, I guess there was some kind of inversion or something, or with the weather. I don't know why, but not a single call, and nobody noticed. And I didn't do anything formally wrong. It was just uh, uh, probably I was quite close to to land, but not overland at the time. So, yeah, it was wow. lucky. Yeah. What a story. <laughs> Like I mean, like me being a nav gig, I would have loved to hear that like sonic boom. But uh, yeah, there's people like might have complained, but you got lucky there, Duke. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I was really lucky. So um, yeah, so how many hours did you get on the Viggen? Uh, I think it was about 600 hours I got on the fighter Viggen. Wow, that's yeah, it's not that's a fair amount. That's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fair amount exactly. But then I, I cut my. Since then, I started on the Gripen after that, so I cut my kind of uh, in in half, uh, where I did half of beginning and half uh, on the Gripen. Mm-hmm.